Hi there, listeners, and welcome to an unconventional episode of Blessed Are the Binary Breakers. Before I explain what's so unconventional about it, I have an announcement. I have decided to put this podcast on hiatus for the rest of August and into September. The next episode will not be coming out until sometime in October. I have a few reasons for this break. First of all, I have discovered over the course of creating these episodes that it's really hard to keep a reliable publishing schedule when there are multiple people involved in a project. The lovely people I interview have lives of their own, and it's often tricky finding a time and date that works for both me and my interviewee. Thus, it's happened several times now that I've expected to have an episode ready in time for my scheduled publishing date, only for something to come up that delays the interview and therefore the episode. I don't like doing that to you listeners. I don't like saying that there's going to be an episode coming out on a certain date, only for it not to happen. So that's the main reason for the hiatus. I plan to record lots of interviews in the next couple months so that I'll have them stored up and ready when I come back in October. The other reason for the hiatus is a personal one. I take my ordination exams at the end of September and I need to start studying for them. It's five written exams that will test my knowledge of my denomination's rules, biblical Greek and Hebrew, theology, and so on. And I haven't even begun to study, so I've got to get on that. Recording, editing, and transcribing these podcast episodes takes me hours and hours of time and a lot of energy, which I need to pour into studying so that I can officially be Reverend Avery instead of Avery, that unemployed kid with a seminary degree they're doing nothing with. <laughs> so, that brings me to today's episode topic. The unconventional thing about it is that I do not have a new interview for you all. Instead, you get to listen to my dulcet tones ramble on about a cool thing I read. Along with creating this podcast, I have spent much of 2019 researching gender diversity in a variety of religions and cultures. And what I have found throughout my research, as well as in the conversations I've had on this podcast, is that transgender people really are an incredible gift to our communities. Way back in the second or third episode of this podcast, Willow Hoving told us that when we as trans people decide to visit a worship community, they are not doing us a favor by letting us in. We are doing them the favor by choosing to be there. Along with building up the community in ways that anyone can, through our leadership and service, musical talent, or technical know-how, or so on, we as trans people also bring our unique perspectives into the community. What I'm going to tell y'all about in this episode is a book in which a Jewish trans woman offers her thoughts on the gifts that trans people bring. And then I will invite you, the listeners, to share your stories about what gifts you have brought to your faith communities. The latest book I've been reading for my research on gender diversity is Joy Layden's book, The Soul of the Stranger, Reading God and Torah from a Transgender Perspective. And y'all, it is such a good book. I cannot recommend it enough for anyone who is interested in a Jewish perspective on being trans and interpreting the Torah through a transgender lens. 
I'm just going to share a little bit from the book's introduction, where Joy Layden describes one way trans people help their communities. Layden compares trans people fleeing their true selves to the biblical prophet Jonah, fleeing his call to be a prophet, and even making the self-destructive decision of throwing himself into the stormy sea to avoid that call. Like Jonah refusing to live into his identity as a prophet, Layden says that she ran away from her womanhood. And like Jonah telling the sailors to throw him overboard to save themselves, Layden says that trans people, and here's a quote, often tell ourselves that suicide will resolve the conflict between our need to be and not be who we truly are. Our families, our communities, and our world will be better off without us, we think, and we, released from the shame of hiding and the terror of living as we, who we are, will finally be at peace, end quote. But we are wrong. Our communities are much richer for our presence, our lives, not our deaths. Just as God sent a fish to swallow Jonah and keep him safe from drowning, so God held Laden close and kept her alive through all her decades of suicidal depression. And she would have been content to live there, in the belly of the fish, not realizing the good that would come of, I quote, living a truth that would mark me publicly and permanently as other, end quote. Just like the people of Nineveh needed to hear God's call to transform their lives from a human throat, from a body they could see, from a person who not only saw things differently than they did, but who was also willing to stand up and stand out as different, so trans persons are often that agent of the divine for their communities. Here's what Leiden says about that. Transgender people face daily the kinds of choices Jonah faced. Will we run away, sink into despair, throw ourselves into the sea? Or will we live as who we are, even when that means being seen as different, disruptive, or a threat to the social order? I do not mean to suggest that the book of Jonah is about being transgender. The book of Jonah is about being human. But transgender experience is human experience. And questions transgender people face are questions that we all face. Everyone, transgender or not, has to decide what parts of ourselves we will and will not live. Each of us has to decide when we can't and when we must sacrifice our individuality for the sake of our families and communities, and when, like Jonah, we have to live the truths that set us apart from others and reveal to the world what we have only revealed to God. When we read the book of Jonah in the light of transgender experience, we are reminded that the crisis it dramatizes is one that most people face sooner or later, the crisis of realizing that we must live what makes us different, or we cannot live at all. And Leiden still continues, Every religious community that embraces people who do not make sense in terms of binary gender categories honors the image of the incomprehensible God in which the first chapter of Genesis tells us all human beings are created. In fact, if we take seriously the idea that human beings are created in the image of God, then whenever we expand our understanding of humanity, we can expand our understanding of God. Leiden goes on to talk about how traditional readings of the Torah have tended to think of humanity in terms of men, and how the Torah itself is full of stories of men 
and laws directed towards men. Um, and God is most often described as a warrior, a father, a king, and other masculine language. But, Joy Layden continues, Feminist scholars have taught us that we can understand God as female as well as male, mother as well as father, queen as well as king, she as well as he. And Layden says that, of course, God is no more male than female, but thinking of God in terms of women's as well as men's experience draws attention to aspects of God we tend to overlook otherwise. And so she says that, by extension, expanding our definition of humanity to include transgender people draws our attention to ways in which God can be understood by analogy to transgender lives, the lives of those who, like God, do not fit traditional roles and categories. When I started reading the Torah as a child, I was struck more by how its stories of God resonated with my life than by how my life could help me understand God. This was the 1960s. There was no Laverne Cox, no Caitlyn Jenner, no internet blogs or discussion boards. The Torah stories about God were the first I had seen about someone who, like me, did not fit binary gender categories. Someone who did not have a body to make them visible. Someone who had no place in the human world. My sense of kinship with the God I saw in the Torah didn't grow out of feeling female despite having a male body. It grew out of my more general experience of not fitting into a world in which it is assumed that everyone is either and always male or female. I shared these various passages from Joy Layden's introduction with you all um, because I just, I love what she has to say about the gifts and the new knowledge and wisdom that trans people give our faith communities. For her, expanding our image of humanity to fit trans people into it expands our image of God. And for her, interpreting the Bible through a trans lens the way she did with the book of Jonah um, brings, you know, it brings new meaning to the story, meaning that might not have been found without applying that transgender lens. So that's an example of some of the gifts that transgender people bring. And what I want to now call for from you listeners is more stories. We have heard the stories of so many different interviewees um, from so many different faith backgrounds and countries, um, ages, and, and other life experiences. Um, in this first season of Blessed Are the Binary Breakers. And so many of them have talked about the way they give back to their communities, the way being trans and living into that transness bears good fruit, not just for them, but for their whole community. And I was hoping that you all would share some of your stories about the gifts that you bring your communities to. So just like a while back, I called for stories about faith and violence. I am now calling for stories about the gifts of transgender people. And that can be anything. That can be um, something kind of more tangible, like a role you play in your faith community, whether that's as a choir, a choir member or a reader or a minister, um, or if it's something like an idea you brought to your church that you might not have had if you weren't transgender. A, a unique perspective that you brought to the table because you are transgender. Um, 
I would love to hear that. And so I am inviting you to email those, those stories in to my inbox, which is queerlychristian36 at gmail.com by October 1st. And uh, you can send those in audio form if you don't mind having your voice heard. I would love that. Um, get more voices into the episode is always great. Um, or if you prefer not to do audio, you can also send it as a written out transcript that I will read for you for the episode. Um, so yeah, please think about sending that in. Um, or you can email me if you have questions about what exactly I'm looking for. I'll probably have more information out soon on my Tumblr blog, queerlychristian.tumblr.com. That will go into more detail about what sort of things I'm looking for. But basically, anytime you have felt that you've been a gift to your faith community because of your transness. That's just about all I have for you today, listeners. Um, except to say once again um, that, yeah, I'm going to be on hiatus for the next couple months. You can expect Blessed Are the Binary Breakers to return sometime in October. Um, in the meantime, I am going to be working on podcast episodes. I just won't be publishing them. And I'm going to be continuing my work at queerlychristian.tumblr.com and at transchristianity.com. And I also plan on making some YouTube videos pretty soon at Queerly Christian on YouTube. So I will keep be I will be doing work. It just won't result in any published episodes of this podcast until October. Um, so that being said, if you want to if you like what I do and want to support me, head over to my Patreon. I am Queerly Christian on Patreon and the support I get there goes to this podcast and my work on my blog and my work on my website and all the other stuff I do. The research I've been doing on gender diversity and all of that. Um, your support means the world to me. If you prefer to take a break from supporting me um, during this hiatus of this podcast, I totally understand. That's fine. Um, but right now, I do want to thank the patrons who are currently supporting me at the $12 level or higher. So many thanks to Jay Gebner, Willow Hoving, Rosina Page, and Ron Hartzler. It means a lot to me that I've got people who consider my work worth supporting financially. If that's not a possibility for you right now, that's okay too. Please, please, please share this podcast around with people who you think might like it, or rate and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this podcast. It would mean a lot for me to, you know, get more people listening. I will see you all in October.